property market, and how bylaws can be used to bully owners. I'm Jimmy Thompson. Welcome to the Flat Chat Wrap-Up. Hello again. We're back talking about Strata, and I'm with writer, journalist, author, Sue Williams, who's been looking at the Flat Chat website. Hi, Jimmy. Hello, Sue. <laughs> um, yeah, there were some interesting things on this week. Well, there are every week, really. But I was kind of looking about this hard sell, as you suggested, in the in the soft market. Um, it looks like lots of developers are offering apartments, but with lots of inducements, really. What kind of um, inducements have you found? Well, what we've seen are things like packages of, of furniture, so you can buy an apartment fully furnished, um, guarantees of uh, rental uh, for the first year. And this takes me back to the time before the last property boom, when uh, <clears throat> apartment purchasers were being offered these things, and it turned out they weren't such a bargain as they thought. How comes they weren't such a bargain? I mean, was it kind of later on when they worked out the, the cost of those things they were being given and looked at the price of the apartment and they found a disparity? That's exactly it. Thank you for answering your question. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a case of, uh, you know, people, they would get a mortgage, not just rental guarantee, which is a different thing. They would get a mortgage for the first year and then they'd have to get a proper mortgage from a bank and the bank would immediately deduct the cash back because that was another thing they were being offered cash back, the stamp duty payment, all the things, all the inducements were taken off the, the value of the property. And then they discovered that the property was worth less than they needed to borrow to buy it, uh, negative equity. Wow, so that's really something to look out for. Well, yeah, these a lot of these people had to sell um, at a loss. So all their savings were gone and all the money they'd put in in the past year had gone. They were really at a, a terrible disadvantage. I don't think that's going to happen now, but you have to be careful when you see these inducements. Why, why am I being offered these extras? Mm, because some of them look like really good fun. I remember one apartment building um, that was in the city was offering free bicycles, and that kind of seemed a nice idea. It seemed kind of cute, really, saying we, we live in a an, an area which has high cyclability and high walkability index, so therefore, you know, it's great to have a bike. And that's a really clever idea because it's also defining your potential ownership and, and occupancy, uh, the community that's going to move into the building. I remember an apartment block that was selling on the basis of we've got double brick insulation between the units and they were selling it. These are quiet apartments. It's a great idea. Yeah. Mervac uh, have a sale on in Alexandria where you get the furniture package. I think they're offering, I think some of the apartments, they come with a million frequent flyer points. Wow. That would be very tempting, really, especially uh, when you're kind of <laughs> saving up for an apartment. You think, wow, I could have almost a free holiday. Yeah, yeah. I, I worry. But the, maybe the people will take the frequent flyer points and put the apartments on Airbnb, but you never know. <laughs> so how can you kind of check these? I mean, what, what kind of things should you really look out for when buying an apartment? I'd say, and this applies to any purchase, don't buy from a developer that you've never heard of before. Don't buy from somebody who is just starting out or who has a track record of having started projects and, and then walked away when they all started to go wrong. You can actually go find the names of your developers on the ASIC website and check the names of the directors and then search for those directors' names to find out if they've been involved in other companies that have gone bust. 
Right. And also, I guess you could look on LawLink to see if those if those um, developers have been involved in any court cases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, you look for the developers' names or the firms that they've been involved with previously and see if they've been taken to NCAT over defects or not having completed their apartments or for debts or anything like that, you know, they'll turn up. If they are consistently dodgy operators, you will find them. And I guess really the, the apartment market is, is kind of going through a little bit of a slump, isn't it? I think it's um, there's a lot more apartments coming onto the market, a lot fewer people buying them because, you know, banks are not giving out so much ready credit yeah. and some of the overseas buyers are not there anymore. So I guess people are really quite keen to sell apartments, so you kind of have to be extra wary. If you have the ability to get a loan or if you have the equity lying around, now or even maybe a little bit later into next year, would be a very good time to invest in apartments because it's they're only going to go down for so long. And the experts say they're going to bottom out um, next year. So, mm. you know, just now would be a good time to be planning to buy if you want to get into the investment market. And um, and that also now is a very good time to uh, upsize or upgrade uh, because the larger, more expensive properties are the ones that are falling in price fastest. Right. And I guess it's a good idea to keep an eye on our politicians as well, because I know New South Wales, there's lots of talk about lowering the, the price of stamp duty at the moment. Yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> on the other side, if Labour come in federally, they say they're going to get rid of negative gearing, but they're going to grandfather that so that if you've already got a property that's negatively geared, you can keep that tax break until it's sold, which means... Well, there's an incentive there for people to get in before the new laws come in. And the other thing that you were looking at, I think, on the website were bylaws, where bylaws can be kind of used as a bit of a weapon against um, some owners. Yeah, look, this is the latest aspect in a, a long-running case, a dispute between a buildings committee and some of its owners, where the committee has basically been taking offence at the owners, exercising their rights, you know, saying this common property is, is failing here, it's causing flooding in our apartments and you should fix it. And the committee desperately doesn't want to fix it because, you know, the committee members presumably don't want to pay any extra levies. And it's gone to fair trading, it's gone to NCAT, and it's gone to appeal. And the owners of the apartment have won most of what they were after. But now the, the committee's coming up with a, with a bylaw that anybody that they say breaches bylaws has to pay the costs of being pursued through NCAT. Wow. Is that legal? Apparently not. Um, <laughs> it's, well, you know, there's a basic thing in strata law that says that you can't create a bylaw that supersedes a superior law or indeed the Strata Act. And the NCAT Act, the New South Wales Civil Administrative Tribunal Act, it says costs in the disputes must be borne by both parties. It says that quite clearly, Section 60. And it does put in a few exceptions, such as if one party has been deliberately delaying the proceeds to make it difficult for the other party, then the other party can claim costs. But it's very specific and very rarely used. So if you create a bylaw saying you have to pay the costs of any um, claims at NCAT, well, you're, you're trying to override oh, the see. law, yep. which means the bylaw is invalid. What this bylaw is actually going to do is to intimidate owners into just accepting whatever the 
strata committee says without challenging it and that's just wrong you know that, that should mm. not be happening yeah absolutely and this is probably something that's happening you know we're talking about ncat in new south wales but it will be the same for vcat probably in victoria and all the other states and territories around australia bylaws are often used badly in that way absolutely people make up bylaws nobody checks them they they get them registered there's no there's no strata police out there checking these things and it's only when you get a savvy owner who comes along and says hang on this is illegal you should not have this bylaw or you cannot bring this bylaw in that things get done but even then when you've got to that stage you're already in a stage of conflict Sure. And I think conflict in apartment buildings can be really awful because, you know, it's your home and I think that can really overshadow lots of things. And sometimes the costs of these disputes can escalate to the point where you think, well, it would have been cheaper in the first place to fix what was wrong rather than kind of argue about it incessantly. Yeah. As they say, the the, the lawyer's favourite phrase is, it's a matter of principle. As soon as you get to that stage, that's the point where you should be thinking, maybe we should just draw a veil over this and, and move on. Is it important to get it right or is it important to win? That's the mm. that's the big question. And some people are just so desperate to win, they lose sight of what's right and wrong. Sure. And then it can have an effect on your health as well as your enjoyment of your home. Absolutely. If anybody who's ever been in any of these disputes would know, you know, lying awake at three o'clock in the morning, going through, I should have said this and they should have mm. said that. As normal people do, that's not good for your health, it's not good for your work life, it's just, and it's not, certainly not good for the community. No, and every time you step into a lift, you're dreading to see the person that you've been arguing with, or yeah, yeah no, exactly. It can be terrible. Or even worse, you're hoping you see them so that you can, <laughs> you can have another fight with them. Oh, no, I think apartment living can be wonderful, but when it goes wrong, it can be awful. Yeah, and it's what it requires is people of goodwill to sort things out. And if you can't sort it out between yourselves, then bringing somebody else in is a good idea. And I've been having a look at the forum this week, and I think there's a bit of an update there on one of the issues we talked about last week, about people parking on the grass outside a strata building. Yes, the update is there's no grass anymore. Oh, no. They, yeah, yeah the con- they, they brought in the concreter. And what seems to have happened is that a, a family have decided that their garage is underused as a garage and they want to turn it into a games room. And to do that, they have to park their vehicles on the grass. Some members of the community are saying, well, that's a communal area. Um, we'd rather it was grass and not, not getting dug up with tyre tracks. And so the Strata Committee, in its wisdom, has come in and, and put concrete down, which they say is not a car park, even though the people who are renovating the garage into a games room are now parking the cars on it every day. Wow, so they've increased the value of their property by adding on a games room to it. They haven't lost their parking space so the only person who's lost, really, are the other residents in the strata scheme. Yeah. Because they, that's their land. Exactly. They've, they've, it's been a land grab. They've been robbed. And uh, the committee, and this is where the, the idea, contrary to what we were saying before, this is where the idea of just trying to keep the peace and do what, you know, follow common sense and, well, they just, where's the harm? Um, well, there's a principle there. And the principle is that's common property. It belongs to everybody. Mm. And you've given, you've enhanced the value of, of one unit by allowing them to expend, extend their living space into their garage and hand it over common property so they can park the vehicles that obviously can't park in the garage anymore. It, okay. If that's what you want, that's fine. But the people who are renovating the garage should pay. They should pay. They should buy the land off 
or rent the land of of the owner's corporation. They should pay for the concreting, and then everybody can just get on with their lives. Yep, sounds a great great solution. Something else on the forum this week, um, I saw somebody wanted to change the unit entitlements in their apartment building. They kind of felt that they weren't, they didn't seem equitable. Um, and unit entitlements, as we know, the more expensive um, apartments have higher a higher number of unit entitlements in the cases where you know a vote is in, is required on a strata matter and, and it's a very close vote. Yeah. Um, they want to redistribute the unit entitlements, and they were kind of asking how to go about it. Yeah, this is something that should be dying out in strata, which is the unit entitlements being skewed where larger properties, often commercial properties or penthouses, have lower unit entitlements than they should have to attract buyers. And then everybody else in the building realises that they're paying as much as, or in some cases more than, the people sitting up in an apartment that could be twice as large as theirs. And obviously that's unfair. The problem is how do you fix it? And although there's a mechanism in strata law, you can do it easily. The easiest way is for everybody in the building to agree. The chances of that happening are almost zero because somebody is going to have to pay more than they've been paying in the past Mm. so that other people can pay a fair amount. The problem is that it costs a lot to get it done because you then you have to go to NCAT. You have to prove to them that there's a serious inequity in the distribution of unit entitlements. And to do that, you need to have surveys done. You need to get professionals in. You need to get valuations done. And it could cost for a block of 30 or 40 apartments, it could cost $20,000 to get that done. Mm. So then you're looking at where's the cost benefit. Mm, but then in the long term, maybe it might be worth it. If, I know we've had cases in the past where, say, um, an owner has, has bought a, a whole block or developed a whole block, left two apartments for themselves, and then, then maybe the other eight units, they've given them all the un- they've given them very, very few unit entitlements. They've kept nearly all the unit entitlements for themselves. No, well, the other way it's around. It's the other way around. <laughs> it's the other way around. The other way around. They've so piled, they pay yeah, far few. They yeah. pay less um, strata yeah. levies, and all yeah. the other apartments, you know, basically pay for the whole running of the building themselves. Yes. So in those kind of cases where it's really inequitable, it's really yeah. probably worth that kind of investment. But the strata karma of this is that those people who gave themselves the lower unit entitlements have a lower vote when it comes to deciding whether or not to do anything about it. So again, a smart, savvy strata owner can say, well, we can pile up the votes that we're paying for through our levies and get things changed. Mm. Maybe this is the kind of thing that might be good for people to look at before the first AGM even. Yeah, you know, these things should be fairly clear, but um, you can't reset the unit entitlements at the first AGM. And just finally, I noticed there was um, uh, an argument about locks on doors. Some people had had old kind of locks on their, their strata doors in their apartment building, 
And fire safety people came along and said, you've got to change those locks. And they were saying, oh, I don't think we need to. And they'd come to you for some advice. And you gave some very blunt advice, I think. Yeah, if the fire guys say change them, then change them. That's that's it. (laughs) It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. We've had some interesting discussions on the the forum about why the fire people are, are concerned about these locks. And one of them is that they can the old style locks can be locked with the bolt open, the door open, and the bolt locked across, so they can be used to keep the door open. And that's a problem in a fire. Right. Because basically, you run out of a, a burning apartment, you want the door to close behind you. You want the door to open easily, first of all, to let you out, and then you want the door to close behind you when you're outside, so the fire stays inside mm. the apartment. So, mm. you know, there's a number of reasons... And of course, fire safety is all about, you know, the one in a thousand, one in 10,000 events um, that happen. But if there's a simple way of increasing the possibility of people's not being killed in the fire, then then you have to do it. And if the fireman says, change your locks, change your locks. <laughs> okay, lesson learned. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for listening and thank you again to Sue Williams. If you want to read more, if you want to get involved, if you want to ask us a question, our website is www.flat-chat.com.au. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.